this afternoon, we're going to look at the mission of church. Everyone, anyone, everywhere. Three weeks ago, the church embarked on an evangelism series on weekends. Pastor Kogwan talked about a growing church where when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost to the church in Jerusalem, the church just ex- exploded. And then our elder Lok talked about the relevant church, how uh, early leaders go out there and meet needs and bless and pray for healing and pray for the sick. And then last week, Pastor Edric talked about a bold church where, Paul, where Peter and John in Acts 4 was hauled up before the Sanhedrin where they have to give a defense of what they did in Jerusalem. And today, we come to Acts 8. Let me read for you Acts 8, 26 to 40. So sit tight. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south or to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place, just in case we didn't know. Luke highlighted this for us. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch. I do not intend to explain what is a eunuch. A court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of her all her treasure. He had to come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a ship that was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before his surer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say about himself, about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Verse 36, And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? How does he know? Philip must have told him. Verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when he came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Axotas, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the town until he came to say Saviour. Father, this afternoon, as we gather, may you unpack this 
text for us to encourage us profoundly and instruct us practically. Lead us to the people and places that we may share the good news. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a remarkable story. All right, I'm waiting for this to happen. When I baptize someone and then after the baptism, zoop, I'm somewhere else. Since we suddenly jumped from Acts 4 last week to the middle of Acts 8 this week, let me give you some background. First of all, this Philip is not the disciple Philip. The disciple Philip was from Bethsaida. John 12 tells us that. But this Philip was from Caesarea. This Philip is one of the seven deacons chosen by the apostle back in Acts 6 to take over the daily distribution of food. The church has grown and the needs need to be looked after. Later on, in Acts 21, this Philip became known as Philip the Evangelist. And we'll learn eventually that he has four unmarried daughters who prophesy. But right now, Philip is recognized as one of the seven deacons, full of spirit and wisdom. Just before the events of this story, he has been preaching the good news throughout Samaria, and many have come to believe Jesus. But you ask, why was he at Samaria? Why was he in Samaria? All right. This brings us back to earlier part of Acts 8, where I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. Verse 1 in Acts 8 says, Saul approved his execution. This is referring to Stephen's execution. And there arose on the day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostle. Verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Verse 5, yes. Right. Hang on. Verse 5. And verse 8, if you read Acts 8, there was so much joy in the city. By Acts 8 1, we learn what happened. The day Stephen is stoned to death, Saul, who later became Paul, approved Stephen's death, and Luke writes for us that day a severe persecution begins against the church in Jerusalem. All were scattered, except the apostle. That was what happened, but we also remember Jesus' final words to the disciples before he ascends to the heaven. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So yes, the gospel spreads, but it does so because believers were all scattered from Jerusalem, but it's also as predicted by Jesus. This brings me to the first point that I have for you today. My first point is simple. Go. Go about proclaiming Christ. Go where your circumstances brings you. For what? To give others an opportunity to get to know Jesus. Philip was faithful. Wherever he goes, 
scripture recorded for us, he proclaimed Jesus Christ. God gave us a glimpse of the good news going on in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. Go about proclaiming the gospel. After the re remarkable encounter we read in Acts 8, Philip was transported to Exodus. What did he do? He preached the gospel as he passed through the, all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Philip demonstrated for us a lifestyle of evangelism. Go where the Spirit leads you. For what? Because there's a special assignment for you to build bridges. In the story of Acts 8, Philip is now drawn into post-resurrection wilderness by the Spirit. He's heading to meet someone from the ends of the earth. Verse 26 recorded for us, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Verse 29, And Spirit tell Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. This word, go, is a familiar word to all of us. It's sprinkled across the Bible. The most famous one is in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus said, came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The word go is common. You know, church, I study the word go in Greek, Hebrew, Chinese, Arabic, Hokkien, Teochew. And I discovered the word go means go. It means don't stay. It means going physically. Sometimes we cross border, sometimes we cross town, sometimes we drive to another part of the city. It could mean also cross-culturally, going to a neighbor that's very different from you. It means sometimes going socially. It means sometimes going financially. It also could mean sometimes going digitally. So Philip understood the word well. He went. Luke highlighted for us, it's not an easy place. It's a desert. So when he goes, the Spirit prompts him further, go over to the chariots and join it. Now this instruction makes some pretty uh, amazing assumption when you think about it. First, he assumed Philip can run faster than the horse-drawn chariot. He must be in a great shape, like John. Second, he assumed some stranger on the foot, on the chariot, will invite him onto that chariot. But where is Ethiopia in Acts, mentioned in Acts uh, 27? This Ethiopia refers not to the modern country of Ethiopia, but to the ancient kingdom of Nubia, 
which stretches from what is the southern edge of Egypt to the central Sudan today. This person is an Ethiopian eunuch, a high-ranking official in charge of the Ethiopian queen's treasury. He's equivalent of a finance minister. He's influential enough to have a chariot. He's rich enough to own his own copies of Prophet Isaiah. He's powerful enough to make demands of others. Yet, he's an outsider as far as Jewish worship of Yahweh is concerned. Because in Deuteronomy 23, 1, it stated that whoever have the male organ caught off shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. Because of his stature, status as a eunuch, he, he, he cannot fully participate in the temple worship. But that doesn't stop him. He went in to worship as far as he can get. Obviously, he was delighted. But once again, Philip does exactly what the Spirit prompted him to do. The eunuch needs to hear the gospel. And here we find the four questions that will frame a life-changing conversation between Philip and the eunuch. Persecution may have driven Philip and others believers out of Jerusalem, but he has not kept them from being vocal about his faith in Christ. Yet even as he traveled to Samaria, preaching about Jesus, he was still in very familiar territory. What leading him out to this unknown destination is spirits leading in order to impact someone important. This is exactly what happened probably one and a half years ago. Uh, I'm very proud of this Livingstone tribe. In our church, we have many amazing tribes, especially excited about this tribe. All right. This tribe was led, one of the leaders was led to consider uh, join another charity in March 2020 to minister to the migrant workers because there's a need at a certain dorm. And uh, the leader mobilized another core group of leaders, and together they plan uh, and encourage more people to come to del deliver the essentials to the migrant worker. And that evolved when situation and guidelines kind of open up a little bit, uh, we are allowed uh, to visit dorm and adopt the dorm. And uh, that led one thing to the other. And uh, last year, the church participated uh, in, in, in the shoebox project. And together, we raised up, if I remember correctly, 1,400 uh, gift box to bless the migrant worker. So it's amazing. From a group of guys who have no relationship uh, with the migrant worker, the Lord led them, and they go. Many of them have young kids. To them, they have to wrestle with the safety at that point of time in 2020, whether they will catch the virus. They would wrestle whether when they come back, will they catch the virus and infect the family. They will wrestle the time because the kids need their time, and a lot of these activities are done during the weekend. But yet, they go. Like Philip, they put themselves at the Holy Spirit disposal. 
And when they heard the Spirit urging him forward, Philip did not hesitate. He responded and went, and he opened his mouth to share. As Philip draw close to the chariot, he heard the eunuch reading prophet Isaiah. This brings me to the second point, engage. Engage. Engage to understand. First, Philip asked a political powerful, yet physically important stranger, do you understand what you are reading? The way the question is worded tells us a negative response is expected. In today's language, Philip might go and ask, do you even get it? And a powerful, rich official answer with a question of his own. How can I unless someone guides me? Even with all his power and wealth, the eunuch recognized his own limitation and is quick to admit he knows he needed help. He's not too proud to ask for it. God is always at work. Recently, I come across Hebrews 1, 10 to 14, and I discovered in verse 14, it says, are, those, are they not all ministering spirit, talking about angels, sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Do you know the angels are sent out to prepare hearts for people to receive the gospel? So he invites Philip to come up into his chariot and sit with him. Luke doesn't say so outrightly, but Philip apparently accepted the invitation. And when he does, there was a slight shift that we may not notice if we stick with the superficial reading of the story. The passage of Isaiah they discuss is from Isaiah 53. It is a part of servant song which we have come to understand describe Jesus as a lamb silent before his shearers, so he does not open his mouth. The eunuch want to know about whom was this passage referring to. The first two questions has to do with clarity. This question has to do with identity. We get the feeling that eunuch wants to know, could this prophet Isaiah be talking about himself? About someone else? Or about me? Who among us hasn't seen ourselves in Scripture? As we read Scripture, we often are brought to the point and wonder whether the Holy Spirit is impressing upon that verse to speak to us, for our neighbor, or for someone else. You cannot love in a hurry, quote John Ogbert. Philip was not in a hurry. He explained the passage to him, and this is, uh, and help him to understand that refers uh, to Jesus. There is a running group in Budo Reservoir, some of you may not know. All right? A group of brothers came together in 2017. 17. Firstly, to start exercising, but one thing uh, led to another. They decided to do it uh, very intentionally. Uh, someone, uh, one of them is here, and, uh, and they did it uh, consistently every Saturday morning. And when they run, it is no joke. All right? I tried to uh, join them, but uh, usually I need the rest of the morning to catch up my breath. All right? 
Uh, what they did is they run, they jog, they walk, but they go around and greet whoever they meet. How strange, but how delightful to be greeted by someone when you are jogging or exercising around a, a, a reservoir. And they make it a point, every Chinese New Year, to put together some ang pao and, uh, and to bless, uh, especially the cleaner who will turn up at that time to clean uh, those places. And the cleaners look forward uh, every year to meet them, for obvious reason. But because of that, they also strike very good conversation with uh, all of them. And uh, without names, if you notice, there's a guy uh, wearing white T-shirt. Uh, he came to know the Lord because of this running group. Okay? And the old man there, uh, senior man, we call him Uncle uh, K, uh, came to know the group and was greeted by the group and then uh, uh, followed one of the members back to the home uh, behind them, all right, to check out who is this fellow and uh, gather enough courage to press the bell and, and uh, our members opened the door to invite him in and they struck a relationship. Last I heard, the group prayed for uh, the friend of this uncle and he was healed. And there's a certain bench that was told at the Buddha Reservoir. Uh, that was a favorite place for them to either share the gospel or pray for healing. All right? So engage. Here's another example where our people take effort to engage so that people will come to know God. C.S. Lewis says the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. There's three things that will help you as you engage. Focus, curiosity, and insight. Focus on your contacts. Focus on the people you are reaching out. Face the person, make eye contact, remove any distraction. That will really help us as we engage the people God wants us to engage. Curiosity, the art of uncovering a person's story, it starts when we are curious about their life and all the more curious about what God is doing in their life. And, in, and insight, as we listen with focus and curiosity, trust Holy Spirit to give us insight, to recognize and know the right question to ask to the, the contact. The Spirit will give us wisdom as we continue to engage our people. This brings me to my last point, share. Share from the heart in the way that is appropriate. What happens next proves to be a turning point for the eunuch in Acts 8. Philip, the deacon, becomes Philip, the evangelist. Unlike the lamb silent before his sharer, Philip opened his mouth and explained how this scripture and all the scripture points to Jesus. Philip shared the good news about Jesus with this Ethiopian eunuch. Which brings us to the fourth and final question. What is to prevent me, dear eunuch, us, 
It is another question of application. Two questions of clarity, one identity. This is for application. Can I belong? Paul writes to the church. Paul's right, hang on. Paul's right to the church in Rome, in Romans 8, 38. He says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. To the question you now pose, what is there to prevent me from getting baptized? Philip's answer is obviously no. For those of you who are very sharp, there's a missing verse, probably in your Bible, verse 37. All right. It only appears in some translation. And it says in verse 37, Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answer, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Nothing can prevent this beloved child of God from being baptized. Not his skin color, not his physical deformity, not his homeland, not his wealth, his education, his power. Philip doesn't need to say a word. They go down into the water and the eunuch was baptized. First Peter says, but in your hearts, revert Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect. Do so with gentleness and respect. When it comes to evangelism, we tend to think of the faith step as a big moment when we share the gospel and ask people to pray to receive Christ. It is certainly a great step, but it's an important one. But sometimes it doesn't happen. What we need to know is whatever we engage and share brings people one step closer to the decision point. Remember when sharing Christ, we believe in success in evangelism or witnessing. It's slimpy, slimpy taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the result to God. John Stott said to evangelize does not mean to, war, to win converts, but simply to announce the good news irrespective of the result. The importance of three things here. Holy Spirit working, the Word of God, and the messenger. And the messenger. What happened to the eunuch, you may ask? According to this historian who wrote in the second century, that this utopian eventually become a missionary to his people. And he went back, shared the gospel by 4th century. Christianity was of his country official religion. You never know who are you impacting. And God can continue to use you powerfully. Psalms 68.31 says, Princes shall come out from Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. 
Matthew says, then he said to his disciple, Jesus said to his disciple, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Whenever I look around, whenever I'm a little discouraged in terms of evangelism, I always, always go to this chart, which I think the AV can pull out the live chart uh, right now. Is it here? This is taken from Global uh, Media Outreach. Uh, this is a website committed to publish uh, good articles that will draw people all over the world in different languages uh, to come to this website. They carefully curate the material so that people are journeyed along as they seek truth and the gospel uh, and come to know the Lord. This is life. Okay, just in case uh, you cannot see. The one in the blue are people currently right now, probably plus minus one second late, visiting the website, reading about articles related to the gospel. The one in orange are people who have indicated that they want to receive Christ, and there's a button for them to click and do the sinner's prayer there and then pray along, and they click the button. And then the one in green are discipleship articles that Christians may find helpful to spend time reading those articles. Whenever, I, whenever I'm discouraged, I come to this site and encourage myself and to remind myself that God is working. This is just one site, okay? And this is not exhaustive. There are many, many good websites out there. There are many, many statistics people are collecting about. And I think this is this is just one glimpse of what God is working. And if you're thinking, why is it 3,000 solo? Actually, this website all reset every day at 2 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, if you come, I will show this again. And the number you will see probably is times 10. All right? It's amazing what God is doing in and through us and others to bring the gospel to the people. John 20, 21 say, As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you to the world. So go, engage, and share. Alright? Just in case you think I'm finishing the sermon and you can have an early dinner today, you are wrong. Alright? For the next 10 minutes, I thought of just going through some of these uh, tools that I find is very useful. Uh, for a lot of people, and I thought of sharing with you. What do you share when you go out there? Pastor Edric challenged us to publish our testimony. He called it Publish Peace. And let's do that. Your God's story, how God come true for you when you needed him most. How God is still coming true for you as you go through your challenge in life. How God has delivered you, protected you, provided for you. These are exciting stories. And you may not know how God is going to use this story to touch many people. What can you share? You can share scripture. All right? Like Philip, understand the scripture and then explain it to someone. You can also share the gospel. 
So I'm going to share with you two apps that you need to have before you leave this place. All right? One app is called God's Tool. All right? This helps you to present the gospel well. All right? Now, I know some of you can memorize the gospel inside out, backwards, forward. But some of us cannot. Whether it's the first time or 20th time, sometimes sharing your faith can bring about feeling of anxiety. This app helps you to go through four simple points to share the gospel with someone. You can scan the QR code, download later on tonight. And let me share with you, there are at least six different types of uh, tools inside this app. All right? There's four spiritual laws, the four knowing God personally, or the latest honor restored, which is very relevant to our Asian culture, where we use shame and honor a lot in our interaction with people. The app also teaches you to sh- how to share. For example, five reasons to be courageous in having a conversation with Jesus. How to move everyday conversation to a deeper uh, level. So that's God's tool. All right, use it. And the beauty of that tool is it comes with a language that probably you need to relate to your contact. You can go in, check out the, the language there, and, and uh, I bet whatever language you're looking for and your passionate reach is there. If not, you let me know, and if you can provide the funding, I can get it done for you. All right? Jesus Flum app is another powerful app. All right? This app has been translated to close to 2,000 languages. All right? Why is this useful? This is very useful for especially our seniors who are trying to reach out. Sometimes it's, it's, it's so marvelous to see Jesus come alive speaking in their native tongues. If you want all kinds of languages, download this app, choose the language, and when you play the Jesus film, the native language will come up. Beyond Jesus film, there's also other uh, excellent tool you can use it. What can you do to this tool? You can watch it if you like it, you can send it to your contact, and I'll show you how. I especially like the short film, right? It's short, easy to understand, and, uh, and uh, I'm going to show you a film later on, okay? What do you do after sharing the video? Ask your friend what they think about the video, okay? So before that, let's watch uh, the falling plate video. You, look at your eyes, look at them, speckled, colorful, each one unique, and I created every one of them. I created everything, the universe, and you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure. Every day, I give you life. I love you. But something happened. 
You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, you are slowly dying. So you looked for other things. To fill the void. But nothing works. It just kills you faster. And it separates us more and more. So that's falling plate. What you can do after watching this, if you click in the app and send it to your friend, say hello PM, it's my wife, right? Love to hear your thoughts on this blessing. And the app and the video, was, the link is there. They just need to click, they watch it, and you can have a spiritual conversation with your friend. Falling plate doesn't work, try this. What about hopeless? Many of you, many of our friends are complaining about being hope, hopeless in the world. All right? This is, a, again, a, a short video that talk about there's no need to be hopeless. We can be hopeful. I just watched this great video. All right? And I remember you share with me. All right? If your contacts share with you, they are hopeless. And I'd love for you to watch it and let me know what you think. 
and just send it to him, him or her. They click it to watch again. You can have a spiritual conversation and engage them and before you bring them one step closer to hearing the gospel. The third thing I want to share with you is consider Digital Day of Outreach. What is Digital Day of Outreach? Let me, let me share with you another video and then I will talk about it. Hi everyone, Podi here from YesDS. We are so grateful in Philippines we are partnering with um, Indigitas to run digital outreach. And we so um, learn so much in this event. And we see that many people, many young people here, pastor, um, youth leader, that can see the benefit or the power of so sharing Jesus online, the power of social media, the power of instant messaging, how we can start um, gospel conversation easily, how do we um, start to share Jesus easily. It is a very useful tool to help us to reach and reach, and also it is very easy to use. So we did this with Philippines as pre-COVID. Uh, we gather all the youth together, and it's the same idea what Edric talked about, publishing peace. But let's do it together. Get a group of youth together and publish their peace then then to their friends. It's exciting, it's motivating, and if there are hiccups, they can get receive help uh, on the spot. So consider this as we move into the year publishing peace, why don't we gather cell group to do this together? That'd be exciting, all right? And for some of you who, 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 who still are not very sure uh, how to get this started, uh, I'll show you another 15 minutes of 15 seconds uh, uh, promotion <laughs> to link you to this site so that you can get more resources uh, you, have, you need, all right? The last video for today. any of us, life can be busy, stressful, and overwhelming. These struggles can make it difficult to share the message of Jesus with the people around us. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Sometimes we all need a helping hand in overcoming our fears and hesitation. Come hear others' stories, successes, and failures, reconsider what evangelism means, and learn to use your own stories so you're ready to live out and share your faith authentically. Let's journey together to reach everyone around you. So you need help? Hashtag ready telegram number three. Join it, you get all the resources you need. So folks, can we have a slide back? Go, engage, and share. Go to build bridges, engage to understand, and then share from your heart.
When I received Christ in 1998, uh, I was encouraged to share even the gospel, even when I was so spiritually young. I trusted God, stepped out and shared. One of these person I shared with was uh, Madam Tan. Madam Tan is very close to me, and I will spend time to explain the gospel. Madam Tan also uh, have watched the Jesus film uh, in her language and have gone through many countless uh, evangelistic meetings. But for some reason, she did not open her heart to Jesus. We learn to pray, we learn to press in in this church, and we never give up. When my kids arrive, uh, uh, they are also close to Madam Tan, and they did their part in sharing Christ uh, with Madam Tan. And then one story led to the other. Uh, she came to know the Lord, and uh, Madam Tan requests for me to baptize her two months ago in this church. <laughs> Madam Tan happened to be my mom. Right? So as we go out and share with our loved ones, we engage them and open our mouth to share. God will continue to prepare them and usher them one step closer to the kingdom of God. Today, as I close, I thought of asking you guys to stand up if you have someone uh, that you are planning to reach out to. But I thought it was silly to ask you to do that because all of us have someone to reach out to. And even, unless you have nobody to reach out to. Can I see your hand? All right, pastor, please look up for the hands. Now, since we don't have, all of us have someone in our life. It could be our immediate family members. It could be our distant relatives, our neighbors, our former classmates, our colleagues. Someone that the Lord has led us out of the way to bump into this person. Someone that suddenly, out of the blue, God dropped that name to you. Someone you have out of touch for so long, suddenly send a distress text to you. All these people, let's seize the opportunity, be intentional, go, engage, and share.